G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Exploring faith and the future. Neil Johnson and Bible teacher, Dr. Camille Majdali. We're talking about men and the question, why men hate going to church? Now, that obviously doesn't apply to all men, but there are a significant number of men in our communities who just don't go to church for reasons that might be connected with the way church presents itself. So, Camille, why would men be afraid of going to church? That's a very good question, Neil. And I want to uh, draw from some of the insights from a book that I read and greatly appreciated, also enjoyed with a lot of laughter, called Why Men Hate Going to Church by David Murrow. And he talks about some of the fears, if I can use that term, that men have in regard to church. Now, interesting, one of those fears has to do with singing in public. Being a Christian and singing should be hand in glove. I mean, we are told to praise the Lord. And in fact, one of the most manly figures in Scripture was King David. He's a warrior. He's an athlete. He's a champion. That guy sung to the Lord morning, noon, and night. So what is it about singing that would be a turnoff for men? I think there's a couple things here. One, of course, is the length of singing. Now, depending on the kind of church you go to, some churches can sing up to an hour or more. And I really am starting to wonder, as much as I enjoy singing, provided it's uh, (laughs) the right songs and the right spirit behind it, but I don't think a lot of guys want to stand there for an hour singing, all right? It seems that that could be a turnoff. And we shouldn't just be singing because we have nothing else to do. I mean, if it's not led by the Holy Spirit, then let's move on and do something else. But there is a place for music, of course. Psalm 100, come before God's presence with singing. But for an hour, that's one thing. The other point he brings is not just the length of the singing, but it's actually the lyrics in the songs that can be a real turnoff. You see... Today, and again, I want to be careful. I'm not critiquing all church music. I don't even have any particular music in mind. But this comes up in the book, and it's hard to refute. But a lot of the lyrics do appeal to women, but probably a lot less so to men. Anything that talks about how beautiful and lovely God is. Anything that talks about, I want to get closer to you. I want to feel your embrace. I'm desperate for you. That kind of thing. Not that these are bad words. Please understand my heart. But what does that convey about God and church in the minds of the average man? And the way Murrow puts it this way, if the lyrics of the song are something we would never sing to another man, then why would we sing it to the Lord? There is a sense, isn't there, Camille, in which a woman might respond to a romantic sense of singing praise and worship, but men don't have a romanticism about singing those sorts of songs to another man. 
which, uh, you know, God as a man. Well, that's right. And the thing is, uh, while we have great love for God, and it's not wrong to express love for God, even for men, but after all, he is God. He's not our lover. He's not a boyfriend. He's not even in that sense anything else, but he is God. And we do learn in Scripture we are to approach God with reverence and awe. And so I think that uh, it is important to consider lyrics, both that they are God-honoring, but that they are edifying to others. Because if they don't fit that two criteria, namely God-honoring and edifying to others, then why do we sing it? Now, by the way, you can totally focus on God in a song, not mentioning anything about people, and that will definitely edify others. And a lot of the great hymns did precisely that. But where we have more subjective songs that really approach God from our point of view, reaching out to him, and there's a lot of personal pronouns of I, me, and my, that will not help edify anybody. And so I think, again, without sounding harshly critical, if we're going to win the world and win a lot of men in this world, let's consider what we sing. Faith and the Future with Neil Johnson and Dr. Camille Majdali from Teach All Nations. For more from Dr. Majdali, including books and DVDs on prophecy, Bible commentaries, plus today's and other episodes of Faith and the Future, go to vision.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.